Welcome to Truth Triumphant Radio. I'm your host, Cody Morey, and here today I have Pastor Bill Hughes, and we want to talk about something important, and, and it, it's actually a very dark picture that we're going to be painting today, but we think, both of us think very strongly about this. We both recently come in contact with a, a book called The Real Anthony Fauci by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and I can just tell you, folks, that it is probably the most well-researched book I've ever written. In fact, some of the chapters have over 250 sources. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., this is clearly his magnum opus, and he, he, he basically says nothing in the book uh, himself without giving a citation. And I want to provide context because though, <clears throat> though Robert F. Kennedy Jr., uh, has this great citation and understanding of who Dr. Anthony Fauci truly is. The name of this, the title of this this uh, discussion is going to be called Modern Mengele. But while Robert F. Kennedy Jr., he has a picture, a very clear picture on who Fauci is as a person, he doesn't understand the full worldview. Now, many times in the book, he says, you know, Anthony Fauci strong-armed this person and that person. And, folks, we know from prophecy, and it's our duty as the watchman uh, on the walls of Zion, to take a step back and to look at the 30,000-foot view and to show really what's going on. Dr. Anthony Fauci, as bad as he is, as we will get to, he represents a bigger system. Prophecy talks about the whore of Babylon. The whore of Babylon has her minions throughout the world. Some of them are in secret societies. Some of them are not in secret societies. Some of them are in orders of the monks. Some of them are unknown to all groups. Some of them are just members of the system. They don't necessarily know either way. And that system is the Roman Catholic Church system. And it's important to understand this because it's important for us as watchmen on the walls of Zion to to give context to the things that are going on and to reveal the sins of Babylon that is our job now we're calling this modern Mengele and for those of you who don't know many of you do that's named after the Nazi Joseph Mengele he was also known as the angel of death according to Wikipedia uh, he was a German SS officer and physician during World War II. He is mainly remembered for his actions at the Auschwitz concentration camp, where he performed deadly experiments on prisoners as a member of the team of doctors who selected victims to be killed in the gas chambers and as one of the doctors who administered the gas. Twins were subjected to weekly examinations and measurements of their physical attributes by Mengele or one of his assistants. The experiments he performed on twins included unnecessary amputation of limbs without anesthesia, folks, uh, intentionally infecting one twin with typhus or some other disease and transfusing the blood of one twin into the other. Many of the victims died while undergoing these procedures, and those who survived the experiments were sometimes killed and their bodies dissected once Mengele had no further use for them. Um, an individual named Nicisley recalled one occasion on which Mengele personally killed 14 twins in one night by injecting their hearts with chloroform. 
if one died from disease, you would kill the other twin to allow comparative post-mortem reports to be produced for research purposes. So folks, without going on too much further, you can read the article there on Wikipedia, it's well sourced as well, uh, about Joseph Mengele. Clearly he was a monster. Now, when you, if you are willing to read this book, The Real Anthony Fauci, you'll see that the two are one and the same. And we're also going to be including Bill Gates in this assessment. And before we go there, I think it's important for us to understand that the Nazi regime, the Nazi regime, uh, it took place and was a direct representation of the Roman Catholic Church system principles in action. Uh, some authors that pointed out this were Avro Manhattan, Edmund Perry, Alberto Rivera, John Cornwell, a Roman Catholic himself, he had a book called Hitler's Pope, talking about how the Roman Catholic Church system were the ones that were running the Nazis. They were the Nazis, in other words. There's a book called Behind the Dictators. Uh, the subheading is a factual analysis of the relationship of Nazi fascism and Roman Catholicism by Leo Lehman. And then after the war was over, there was something called the Vatican or Nazi rat lines where you had bishops, cardinals, that were getting Nazis out of Germany so that they could avoid uh, they could avoid trial for their war crimes. So the Roman Catholic Church system was responsible for this. Joseph Mengele is a natural outworking of the spirit that goes along with the principles of Roman Catholicism. And for us to understand, Dr. Anthony Fauci, we've talked about him before, he, he was Jesuit trained from very young, he went to a Jesuit high school, he also went to Holy Cross, he's a Jesuit, he has the same philosophies as Joseph Mengele. Bill Gates, his wife, Melinda Gates, she, her, in a TED talk, she revealed that her uncle was a Jesuit priest. So there's a connection there as well. So this is the mm. type of principles that Joseph Mengele had. They're the same principles that have been fostered both into Dr. Anthony Fauci and Bill Gates. And so at this point, I wanna turn it over to Bill Hughes so he can explain some of the things that were going on uh, in this book that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has discussed. You know, Cody, the, the first thing that hits as you were describing the twins that were experimented on by the angel of death, uh, Joseph Mengele uh, at Auschwitz, and then all those twins died, 28 children died because of his experiments. It reminds me of probably the most sickening part of Robert F. Kennedy's book on the real Anthony Fauci where Anthony Fauci did the exact same thing. Uh, Kennedy describes in his book how Anthony Fauci took children who were in foster homes who were really not, uh, they were not protected uh, by the foster care system. Uh, they were not protected by the federal government or any government agency Anthony Fauci took those children, uh, most of them were minorities, uh, be it black, uh, Spanish, uh, Indian, and he did the same thing. He did experiments 
on these unprotected children and many of them died Cody so you see this Mengele over there in in Auschwitz killing innocent people he's a murderer Cody we see the same thing with Anthony Fauci he he is he is a killer he's a cold-blooded killer and um, to read about that, to, to see these, these helpless children being killed by this sadistic man, Anthony Fauci, just, just made my heart sick. Just made my heart sick. But as you brought out, Cody, so, so well that uh, both Mengele Fauci, Mengele was raised in the uh, Jesuit stronghold of Germany called Bavaria, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, trained in <clears throat> Catholic institutions, trained by the Jesuits. Anthony Fauci was as well. And Fauci's entire career, you know, so often in, in uh, politics, in history, in sports, in music, we often hear people say, well, what about their legacy? You know, we, we constantly hear that term today. How will this affect their legacy? Well, you know, as I read Kennedy's book, Anthony Fauci's legacy from the 1980s, where he began to create a a, a system whereby he could control uh, college professors, he could control scientists by giving them money so that they in turn then would pass off on his um, vaccines or his new medical advances, when in actuality, Cody, the things that Fauci, uh, some of the drugs that uh, he has promoted over the years, I think of AZT, uh, that was uh, something that Fauci uh, brought into the, the public arena that was used to help people who had AIDS. And it, it was found that, that the AZT the drug that Fauci promoted and said, this is wonderful, this is going to cure people. Cody, so many thousands, thousands of people died from the drug that Anthony Fauci said was the cure-all for AIDS. So this man's career, as Robert Kennedy portrays it, from the AIDS scenario in the 1980s to, um, you know, going right up through as he developed this, this networking system uh, to bring one drug after another onto the American market so that he could create these cash cows mm. for the large pharmaceutical companies uh, and ultimately, Cody, not just for the pharmaceutical companies, 
but for the ultimate henchmen and mass murderers for whom Fauci, from whom he was educated and for whom he ultimately worked, which was the system of Catholicism. Uh, the man's legacy is one of, of mass murder that now we're seeing is actually culminating in his final, what I look at, his final hurrah uh, with the coronavirus and the vaccines that have come out. Uh, clearly, this man's legacy is one of, of bloodshed and murder throughout his career. And it's just, Robert F. Kennedy's book is just so startling, just so startling to see the facts so well documented, so well laid out. Mm. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about while you were going uh, and talking about Dr. Anthony Fauci here was that Bill Gates, uh, who comes onto the scene a little bit later on, Fauci's been at this a lot longer. But what's kind of interesting is whereas Mengele, you could, you could probably put the death toll up to thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of people, maybe even a million or so, uh, depending on how you want to look at it and exactly what Mengele was involved with. What you have with Bill Gates and Anthony Fauci, and especially Anthony Fauci, same philosophy, same spirit, the Roman Catholicism, anti-Christ, uh, anti-humanity spirit that they have, they have tens of millions of deaths of people mm -hmm. under their belt. And what's so sick about all of this is that many times as the director of NIH and the director of uh, NIAID, Dr. Anthony Fauci has directly worked with Big Pharma and he stood to make millions off and has off of these different drugs that have come out that actually kill people. And what they do is they manipulate the studies until they find very well documented in this book. They manipulate the studies until they find a way to get the outcome that they want. For instance, one of the examples given in the book is for AZT. AZT was clearly causing advanced AIDS. It was killing people mm -hmm. very, very quickly. So what they did was they would give people blood transfusions during the testing phase. So the people who are on the placebo, they could receive blood transfusions, but the people who were taking AZT were also allowed to receive blood transfusions. And lo and behold, the people that were taking AZT received many, many more blood transfusions than the people who were not. So then, as it came out with all these blood transfusions, sometimes three in a 90-day period, it would come out as the, 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 big, the big thing every drug company wants to hear, safe and effective. Mm -hmm. And then they could rush it through uh, and get it approved by the FDA. And one of the examples we have here, and it's quite interesting because history tends to repeat itself, whereas back in the 1980s during the AIDS crisis, you had Dr. Anthony Fauci um, not only trying to push forward his, his, his drug which was killing people, which was AZT, 
but he was also discrediting people that were talking about using people like Dr. Peter McCullough, even back then, that were trying to talk about using different unpatented cheap drugs that were available at the time. You see the same thing happen during coronavirus. The corona it, history tends to repeat itself, and you see the same thing. Whereas Fauci uh, was pushing remdesivir, a a drug that he owned a great stake in, uh, and also simultaneously the the vaccine, but also simultaneously discrediting unpatented cheap drugs like ivermectin <laughs> and hydroxychloroquine. So I have here on page sixty three of the book just a little bit about. Remdesivir. It says remdesivir has no clinical efficacy against COVID, according to every legitimate study. Worse, it is deadly poisonous and expensive poison at $3,000 for treatment. And I remember you actually took this drug yourself when you had COVID. So it's, it's kind of interesting. And one of the things that we have discussed in private before is that every single one of Dr. Anthony Fauci's patented drugs that he comes out with not only do they not work but they also kill people so it would be bad enough if he was just giving people placebo clearly he's trying to kill people that's the intent it goes on it says in fact remdesivir's wholesale cost is roughly 1,000 times more costly than hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin the challenge required dr. Fauci to first sabotage HCQ and IVM, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. Why would Dr. Fauci care to undermine any medicine that might compete with remdesivir? Might it have something to do with NIAID and CDC having just spent $79 million developing remdesivir for Gilead, a company in which the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation owns a $6.5 million stake? Follow the money, folks. This is how we know, it goes on, uh, still on page 63 of his book. This is how we know that Dr. Anthony Fauci was well aware of remdesivir's toxicity when he orchestrated its approval for COVID patients. NIAID sponsored that project. Dr. Fauci had another NIAID incubating, incubated drug, ZMAP, in the same clinical trial testing efficacy against Ebola alongside two experimental monoclonal antibody drugs. Researchers plan to administer all four drugs to Ebola patients across Africa over a period of four to eight months. However, the six months into the Ebola study, the trial's safety review board suddenly pulled both remdesivir and ZMAP from the trial. Remdesivir, it turned out, was hideously dangerous. Within 28 days, subjects taking remdesivir had lethal side effects including multiple organ failure, acute kidney failure, septic shock, and hypotension. And 54% of the remdesivir group died, the highest mortality rate among the four experimental drugs. Anthony Fauci's drug ZMAP ran up the second highest body count at 44%. NIA IDEA was the primary funder of this study, and its researchers published the bad news about remdesivir in the New England Journal of Medicine. So. Not only was he a stakeholder in this, after they funded the studies and found that it killed half of the people that took it, that they had to stop the trials, he still pushed this on Americans during the COVID-19 crisis. And 
to similar disastrous results in which you actually uh, were given this drug while you were in hospital, I understand. Absolutely, Cody. You know, there's there's two things, Cody, that, that you were mentioning there uh, that, that I want to just look at. I was always so stunned during watching the unfolding of this COVID affair because I'm thinking, okay, Anthony Fauci, I, I can just pass him off and say, he's just, he's just crazy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Right. But then there was always the head of the CDC coming out and saying the exact same thing. And then there was a, a guy from this university in this part of America. And there was a guy, you know, another a scholar in this at this university. And I'm going, where are these people coming from? And why are they lockstep in, in just right in line with everything Fauci is saying? Well, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s book clearly shows that when Fauci would come out with a drug, AZT, or some other one, a remdesivir, right. or some other group would come out with a drug. He would take it to people whom he could buy off. And he said, look it, I'll give you this amount of money as long as you will give a good recommendation for this drug. Well, the person on these boards or on these panels that would have to decide whether the drug was good or not, of course they're going to say, hey, it's fine. I'm going to pocket this much money. Mm -hmm. And Fauci, according to Robert F. Kennedy's book, he could give universities who would be involved in doing research for the drugs that he was promoting, those universities would receive millions millions of dollars. What university could not use five, 10, 20 million dollars? Right. So over a period of time, all the way back with the AZT, with the AIDS virus back in the 1980s, Fauci over time has developed this networking of people in universities, in scientific fields, so that he buys off all these people who will go along with his deadly drugs. And I was stunned by Kennedy's documentation of that, Cody, showing this network that Fauci has developed and how all of these people have been paid off. Right. And then it talks in also in the book about a particular, uh, several doctors. One was, I think it was Dr. Peter uh, Doonsberg. Doonsberg, yes. Doonsberg. <clears throat> Dr. Doonsberg was and is a brilliant scientist. Kennedy shows that Duisburg completely disagreed with Anthony Fauci's conclusions. He Scientifically would, disagreed as so, well. Exactly, Cody. It, this, this man was a brilliant, and is a brilliant scientist. 
but he was showing scientifically that what Anthony Fauci and Robert Gallo and and that guy, Dr. Barrick from North Carolina that was working with the Wuhan lab, that yeah. these guys, their drugs were, were bad, they were deadly, and that it was all about money with them. And Dr. Doonsberg was all about science. Anthony Fauci so discredited that man, destroyed his reputation. Robert F. Kennedy tells in this book about a time when Anthony Fauci and, and Peter Doonesburg were going to have a discussion on Good Morning America. You know, that, that uh, news, uh, you know, talk about current events or popular music or whatever. But they were going to have Fauci on and Peter Doonesburg. And they were going to discuss a particular drug that Fauci supported and Doonesburg knew was bad. Well, Doonesburg goes to New York the night before the interview, Cody. Doonesburg was called by Good Morning America and said that the uh, interview's been canceled. Well, the next morning he turns on Good Morning America. There is Anthony Fauci talking about the wonders of his drug. Hmm. And uh, Doonesburg didn't get to say a word. The, the financial networking that Fauci has created to gain control of people who have sold their souls. That's what they've done. They've sold their souls for an extra, you know, an extra thousand, an extra 10, an extra this or that. But they've done that at the expense of millions of people's lives. The other point, you know, you were talking about Fauci's remdesivir. I was fascinated on page 56 and 57 of Kennedy's book, where he talks about hydroxychloroquine right at the bottom. Uh, and it's talking about the famous uh, German-European drug company called Merck. Mm. And Merck, <coughs> Merck made billions, Kennedy says, billions of doses of ivermectin. Because Merck said, this is a miracle. They called it a miracle drug. Ivermectin. <laughs> I was shocked. Merck, it says here, they developed uh, this ivermectin for scabies, river blindness, lymphatic fluoralysis, elephantitis, and assorted parasites without any safety alarms. In 2016, Merck distributed 900 million doses of ivermectin in Africa alone. The drug is safe and has minor side effects, Merck spokesman said. So what happened? Why was it and how is it that a few short years later, somehow ivermectin, this wonder drug, according to Merck, is now bad? 
it now is not effective. In fact, it's deadly and it cannot be used for the coronavirus. What happened? And as you said, look where the money flows. Ivermectin is something that people can get very inexpensively. Whereas these vaccines, you're talking about millions and millions of dollars that are going to go into the pockets of the drug companies, of Anthony Fauci, of the head of the CDC, and these other major medical institutions. So Kennedy's book, it's just alarming. Uh, ivermectin was great, hydroxychloroquine was great, but it was inexpensive. And you know what's so sick about all of this is that ivermectin, even if you're healthy and you take it, you're not not that you should do that. But even if you're healthy and you take it, you're not you're not really going to have very many side effects at all. It's it's a very very safe drug to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, now again, I want to say that if you should only take it if you're sick, you shouldn't be taking medicine all the time. However, what's so sick and twisted about all of this, Pastor Hughes, is that Fauci not only discredits the cheap and effective drug, but he upholds the dangerous drug and he gets people to believe that that's the safer one so people are actually paying to kill themselves it's really sick and twisted when you think about that and i wanted to point out two things um and one of them is on page 250 discussing some of the things that dr anthony fauci has done in the past through his various mediums. And we got to remember, folks, that Dr. Anthony Fauci is responsible for $8 billion annually that he can give to whoever he wants. He is the final arbiter that can approve uh, experiments, that can give money to universities, as you were stating, and various people studying in various scientific fields. So he wields a lot of power. In fact, he has more power than someone like Bill Gates. Bill Gates doesn't have $8 billion to spare every single year. Whereas Anthony Fauci, though it's not his money entirely, he decides where it goes. So it, it he has a very uh, large amount of power in this country. He has become a... a uh, imperio and imperium. He's he's an order within an order. He is. We might have our Congress. We might have our presidents. We might have our free uh, elections. Uh, that even that's been called into question recently. But he's a king. He sits as a king in this mm-hmm. country, um, and he does it unfortunately through things that I'm going to to talk about right now, which is the children um, in these orphanages. Mm-hmm. Many times minorities. This is on page 250 of Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s book, states this, when children decline to take the toxic drugs, now this is for treatments for HIV experimentation, NIAID and its pharma partners arrange to surgically implant feeding tubes in their bellies to force obedience. Chef wrote, when Mimi started at ICC, the tubes were used infrequently. But when the kids got older, a lot of them started to refuse the medicine. And the reason why is because it was making them sick, and they knew it. Mm. She recalled. Then they started to come in with 
the tubes more and more. Kids who refused too much or threw up too much, they'd get a tube. First, it was through the nose, but then was more and more through the stomach. You'd see a certain child refusing over and over, and one day they'd come back from the hospital from surgery, and they had a tube coming right out of their stomach. If you asked why, the doctor said it was for compliance, the regimen. Got to keep up the regimen, said Mimi. Those were the rules. Mimi describes how children suffered and how some died. One girl, a six-year-old, Cheyenne, she came in for adherence. She was the most delicate little flower, beautiful, polite, full of life. Her family never gave her meds, so Administration for Child Services brought her into ICC. She came in and started the meds. It was three months, maybe three months, and she had a stroke. She could not see. She was this normal girl singing, jumping, playing, then poof, stroked out, blind. We were freaked out. Then, in a few months, she was gone, dead. And there's, there's horrible, horrible stories like this throughout the legacy, as you've said, um, with Dr. Anthony Fauci and also with Bill Gates. And that's what I want to talk about uh, as well, what happened with Bill Gates. Uh, real quickly on page 324, talking about the DTP vaccines that he was using and testing over in Africa. Instead of giving these people clean drinking water, and this is this is the one of the most important things I think that Robert F. Kennedy uh, brings light to in this book, is when you hear when you hear about Dr. Anthony Fauci or Bill Gates or any of these big pharma people talk about how much they want to help everybody, it's always a magic pill, isn't it? It's never health principles. We as a people, Seventh Day Adventists, we've been given health principles. There's not a magic bullet. There's not a miracle cure all. For everything there are principles that you live your life by and that is how you maintain health it's not through some miracle cure now that doesn't mean that we're anti-medicine obviously we've just talked about in favor of being uh, in favor of ivermectin and many other wonderful drugs that have that have helped cure a lot of different ailments however we have to be balanced with these things like in Africa Bill Gates wants to pretend that he's this philanthropic, you know, savior to the African people. He doesn't, he has the money, but he doesn't build them infrastructure. He doesn't give them clean drinking water. He doesn't introduce education. He doesn't give them better dietary foods, hygiene, um, you know, a sewer system in their, in their cities so that they're, they're away from, you know, toxic material. He doesn't do any of that, but he gives them a vaccine, which he stands to make billions of dollars from. Mm -hmm. It's it's quite sick, folks. Mm -hmm. And I want to point out just um, here real quickly, uh, page 324 says this, Bill Gates has played a key role in legitimizing this arrangement uh, while collaborating with captive or corrupt WHO officials to scam Western donor nations into footing the bill, and guaranteeing rich profits for pharmaceutical companies in which, coincidentally, he holds hefty stock positions. Gates, the biggest, funders, the biggest funder of vaccines in the world, is heavily invested in lucrative partnerships with almost all the world's vaccine companies. Bill and Melinda Gates have continued the tradition of human experimentation in Africa 
with the Who stepping neatly into the role of an enabling colonial vassal. And I want to point out that on the next page there, 325, it says, 2017 study on the DTP vaccine. And the subheading of this section is called African Genocide. That, D that 2007 study shows that following their DTP immunization at three months, vaccinated girls had tenfold higher mortality than unvaccinated children. The girls were, were dying of a wide range of diseases, pneumonia, anemia, malaria, dysentery. And for two decades, no one noticed that the dying children were predominantly those who received the vaccine. The DTP vaccine, while protecting children against diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis, had ruined their immune systems, making them vulnerable to a wide range of deadly non-target infections. Mogensen's team arrived to, at that conclusion as the 1977 Lancet study researchers exactly 40 years earlier, DTB vaccine may kill more children from other causes than it saves from diphtheria, tetanus, or pertussis. In other words, Gates DTP vaccine. Instead of saving 10 million lives, as he claims, may have unnecessarily killed millions of African girls. At least seven other studies have confirmed DTP's association with a high mortality in vaccinated girls compared to unvaccinated. The idealistic Americans who donated to Gates' African vaccine project, believing they were saving African babies, were actually funding a continent-wide female genocide. That is the legacy of these two Mengele's. Oh my. Cody, I'll tell you. In this book, the truth about Anthony Fauci, the real Anthony Fauci, about Bill Gates, Big Pharma, and the global war on democracy and public health, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Has, has talked about a few heroes. It's not Anthony Fauci. There's no doubt the guy is a murderer, and that is his legacy. Bill Gates, he is also a murderer, and that is his legacy. But you know, on page 308 of this book, Robert F. Kennedy talks about some brave men John Mangufili of Tanzania, Hamad Bakayoko of the Ivory Coast, Pierre Kurunziza of Burundi, and Madagascar's Didier Ignasi Ratsaraka. Cody, these were all leaders of various African countries that died mysteriously in the early parts of 2021. Mm. And they all had one thing in common. They were all very critical of the World Health Organization's vaccine policy. These, are, these, these men are heroes, Cody because these men dared to stand up against the murderous, 
inroads of Bill Gates and all of his companies that he was funding and is funding, and the Anthony Fauci's of the world, the CDC, the WHO, these African leaders stood up, opposed their vaccines, refused to take them, and then died mysteriously as a result. So I'm thankful today, Cody, that there are still men and women who will stand up, who will oppose the insanity of Anthony Fauci, the murderous designs of Bill Gates, and will stand for what is right, though the heavens fall. Amen. Amen. So we're going to close it up right there. Uh, Pastor Hughes, thank you so much for coming on to the show today and, and discussing this. I know a lot of it has been negative. However, I just want to leave everybody with the, uh, the wonderful thought to caveat off of what Pastor Bill Hughes said, uh, is that there are people out there. God is grooming a people. Amen. And right now, each and every one of us, if you're listening here today, you have a decision that you can make. You, you get to make it every morning. You can, you can be in lockstep with Bill Gates and the Anthony Fauci, and the way you do that is by living a life unto yourself. Or, or you can submit your life, your plans, your thoughts, your fears, everything, to the Lord Jesus Christ and let him pay Amen. your debt for your sins. Amen. Because God is preparing a people that are going to stand for the right though the heavens fall. And those people are everywhere. They're in every they're in every country in the world right now. Some are suffering, others are preparing to suffer for the things that are going to shortly come to pass on this on this earth. And we praise the Lord. Absolutely praise the Lord that he has given us a health message that we don't have to come and grovel and beg at the feet of dark, evil men like Amen. Big Pharma, <laughs> uh, Dr. Fauci, Bill Gates, that we can, we can take our health uh, to, a, to a great degree into our own hands by keeping God's eight laws of health. And he gave us that Amen. message as a people over 150, well, just about 150 years ago. Amen. And folks, if we keep those eight laws of health, if we are if we are every morning uh, submitting ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ, spending time with Him in devotion, and then giving out uh, this message of love to the world, folks, there's nothing that can stand in our way. Amen. Amen. So, I'm Cody Moore. You've been listening to Truth Triumphant Radio with Pastor Bill Hughes. Thank you so much. We'll catch you next week. God bless.